everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Room. I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. And today we have joining me the paranormal one, the <laughs> ghost of uh, squares and Ian's. It's Ian with two E's. Ian, how you doing? Two E's, baby. Don't forget it. Um, doing good. Doing good. Um, yeah, I went, I went to Mount Lemmon uh, this weekend, and it was uh, it was fun. Saw some snow for the first time in like two or three years. Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a good time. Had, had a lot of fun. Nice. What'd you do up there? Did you get genuinely <laughs> smiled for the first time in like 10 years. Um, <laughs> what did I do up there? I, uh, we went, uh, we, were, we had a sled, videotaped, just had fun. Just, you know, a bunch of friends doing friend stuff. Nice. Nice. They have a good uh, little convenience store up there that sells their fudge. Did you guys get any of that? I did. It's delicious, isn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, <laughs> okay. it's great. I got the sea salt caramel taffy. And the walnut caramel drizz chocolate. Drizz? Caramel drizzle, baby. That other voice you hear is none other than Mr. Fantastic himself, Brendan. How you doing? The newly canceled Mr. Fantastic. Uh, I'm, I'm doing all right. Happy to be here. Happy to be talking about this movie. Um, I'm going to, obviously I'm going to hold my thoughts, but, um, when, when we were trying to figure out what movie to watch this week, uh, this was the first one that came to mind. It was, I thought it was the perfect choice to get us into the, the T-L-O-U-S, T-L-O-U spirit, the last of us. Yeah. Um, so how are you very nice yeah you've been uh wanting to get this film on the cast for a while now yeah yeah and uh, it fell off my radar and then once i saw that you had logged it uh, a couple months ago i think um that put it right i I think i watched it in october okay yeah uh, that put it right back on my radar it's uh ah, i'm just very excited to talk about this movie cool have you had any fudge lately i do not i i'm not a big sweets person um i did once work as a fudge packer (laughs) (laughs) um i worked at a candy place that packed fudge um but i i don't like um i don't like how uh fudge feels when you eat it what do you can you elaborate on that like uh, um, like actual fudge like like the the texture the consistency of it um, I hate how it like uh how it melts like, in your mouth. No, how it cakes how up in delicious. your teeth. Um <laughs> it's like a, it's just the 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 consistency gotcha. of it. Fair. Fair enough. It's kinda like I'm, clay, yes. I'm not a big fudge guy either, but occasionally when because uh, I I eat it maybe once a year, if that so like when I do have it it's 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 fine. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> um today uh we're gonna be getting into our weekly recs where we kind of go over um, a piece of media, film, television, books, comics, movies, anything that uh, sparked our interest in the last week or so that we want to talk about. So we're going to start it off with Ian. I'm not sure what he's uh, going with because he didn't uh, let me know beforehand, but what do you got for us, Ian? Your weekly wreck for the audience. Uh, so I just recently finished the my favorites. Um action sci-fi horror manga gants and i just want to talk 
very, very briefly because there's too much to get into it, but it's uh, it's fantastic. If you like horror, if you like sci-fi, if you like action, it's a quintessential read. Quintessential. That's it. 10 out of 10. You know that was very about brief. <laughs> you know no, I mean, I said all, all I need to say in my review. If anyone talks about it, I'll, I'll be able to bring it up and back it up, but uh, it's, yeah, it's just fantastic. Ian, helping us make that 60-minute timeline. Brandon, let's go ahead and throw it over to you. Uh, what is your weekly rec? <laughs> my weekly recommendation is going to be I've been really getting back into the Evil Dead game. I was, uh, um, I kind of wanted to get back into playing something and I wasn't sure what I wanted to play. So I, I downloaded that. Um, really been enjoying it. I'm working on that. Um, I'm trying, I'm getting close to prestiging Ash Williams, the Hunter version. Um, there are still a few issues with the game. Uh, number one being the the matchmaking is still uh, it's kind of why I stopped playing Dead by Daylight because the matchmaking there in DVD is awful. Um, but I have noticed for the Evil Dead game when you uh, the first match usually takes about ten to twelve minutes to get into, and then after that it consistently gets um faster and faster. Um, so the the ma- it, it seems like the more you play, the quicker it'll put you in in a match um but there's a there's a few updates a couple new maps some new weapons uh and insanely overpowered players i'm still like i think like a level 20 and i constantly go up against a level 200 uh demons which is very difficult um yeah it's a super fun game i i hesitantly recommend it is the um electricity enemies still extremely overpowered more overpowered i for some reason i thought one of the patch notes said that he was getting nerfed uh uh, what's the yeah i think they i'm pretty sure they buffed him like it's yeah that is whenever i see someone playing um a demoni demoni i think that's that's that that character set um whenever i see someone playing that i just know that i already lost yeah uh, that's the feeling I got every time I played that game, um, which was unfortunate. But there was a couple times that we prevailed, but it was like almost by luck or them mm-hmm. quitting the match at the very end. Yeah. Well, cool. Today, we are talking about the 2007 film Diary of the Dead, directed by George A. Romero, the fifth zombie film in his Dead films. Um, we're just going to get into it here before we get into any kind of logistics. Ian, we're going to throw it over to you. What did you think of the film? Where did you watch it? Would you add it to your collection? Shoot. So I just want to say I am wearing all Pennsylvania today, baby. We got the brand new, um, reverse retro (laughs) Pittsburgh Penguins jersey. We got the, uh, Pittsburgh Pirates hat. Um, severely rocking pennsylvania teams let's go baby pit all the way yins um, are doing it right yins jagovs are doing it right um Pramani brothers love that sandwiches sandwiches with fucking french fries <laughs> it's, it's amazing uh but the film the film um i would not add this to my collection in any way or form um it is a shitter film from start to finish uh, absolutely bad movie um 
do you want a full thoughts or just initial? Yeah, yeah, full thoughts. Full, full thoughts. thoughts. Um, well, I mean, we're probably going to get into it at one point, but um, yeah, just my main problem was the acting. It's it's the the performances are terrible. Um, I really it's and it's crazy because like um, he's a, an extremely well known actor by now, and like I don't know why he couldn't get um, some director. You mean direct? Yeah, director, and I don't know why he couldn't get. Um, some talent on the on the cast or on the uh, the the movie, but um, it's a shame because this film does have a lot of potential, and um, it's just completely blown by the uh, performances. And um, no offense to those actors, um, even though I mean they're they're shitters for sure. Um, but <laughs> yes, that's that's uh, that's about it. And this cool. was my first watch. This was my first watch. First viewing. First viewing. And I did watch Night, Dawn, and Day. Yeah, let's go over that real quick. Just a quick little recap. What's your experience with George Romero's films? Oh, yeah, they're fantastic. Um, I love... Uh, well, I like Night of the Dead. Um, Night of the Dead. Dead. Um, great little film. Um, the ending is fantastic. And then Dawn of the Dead, a near-perfect film. Probably a 99 or a, a 100. Just give it a, yeah, just, it, it's probably a 10 out of 10. Um, great cast. Great environments great uh dialogue everything it's just a fun film from start to finish um and then day of the dead it's good it's really good it's a fun film it's very 80s um and then yeah this this one cool what's your favorite george romero flick that you've seen done easy cool (laughs) all right brendan mr fantastic shoot it over to you once again where did you watch it? Would you add it to your collection? And give me your full stretchy thoughts. Uh, so I watched it on DVD. DVD. Um, so I do mention extreme. Yes, yes. Oh, dude, just seeing that like that fucking red slash at the top of the oh my god, just brings back. So yeah, it makes my memories. nipples hard. Uh, mine are. <laughs> I could cut a diamond right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um. I forgot how much of a trip this movie is. Um, whereas Ian didn't like the acting, I think that for what it is, the acting in this is is pretty great, honestly, for what it is. Um, and look, you have a director, a very prominent, one of the most prominent horror directors that is taking a chance to step out and do something with basically the subgenre that he created and take it in a direction that he's never done before. I think for him to decide to want to do a found footage movie, I think is, is very, um, uh, the progressive is not the word, but that's the only word that that's, it's coming to my mind right now. Um, but I, impressive Jesus. Um, I think it's very impressive that he tried to go for it. And I think that, um, while some of the social commentary in it, is a little ham-fisted. Um, I think that he has created actually a movie that really holds up um, a lot more now, especially with some of the the later scenes with one of the groups of survivors they run into, which I'm sure we can get into a little bit later on. Um, I, I really enjoy this movie. Uh, it was one of those rare films where I didn't feel the need to look at my phone at any point. I just sat there and watched it beginning to end and just it uh, soaked it up the entire time. Very cool. Uh, what's your experience with George Romero? 
Uh, well, what's your favorite a, film? As a little Pennsylvania boy, um, it's uh, I definitely the the culture of George Romero in Pennsylvania is a little bit more prominent, especially near the uh, the Pittsburgh area. Um, yeah, a lot of his films take place in Pittsburgh. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, you have the the Stan Winston School of Effects in Pittsburgh. Um, they they did work together, um, and the the Tom Savini School of Effects is also in Pittsburgh, um, or or very near. So big fan, big fan, big fan. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've seen all of his movies. I, I haven't seen the amusement park yet, or the amusement, whatever. That that lost film that's on Shutter. It's a short watch. You should you should it's see like it. It's good. I like it. Seventy three. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Um, yeah. It's it's like one eighteen. Oh, okay. If I had to pick good, a though. favorite, um, I don't necessarily care for Night of the Living Dead. Um, it that that one was kind of lost on me. I would have to say, I I feel like the obvious answer is the one in the mall. Uh, but I think the answer that I would have to pick would be Day of the Dead because I think that uh, I really Bubba, like Day of the Dead. Bubba is a very uh, iconic image in in horror. If you ever watch um, a montage of of horror things, there's a good chance that Bubba is going to be in it. Um, or or there's the image of the hands bursting through the walls, which I think is oh, yeah. in- it's Day. That, yeah, yeah. So I mean, two very prominent images of of genre history are from that movie. So I, I think that that would have to be my favorite. Cool. I saw this movie in theaters. Hashtag saw it in theaters. Um, I really enjoy this movie. I like George A. Romero's uh, films, and I like his his directing style. Um, to comment on the acting real quick, I think it is pretty atrocious and bad. But um, that being said, to defend it from a stance, like I think he picked all the actors intentionally. I won't go as far as to say that because I don't know if that was his choice. But I will say the style of film that he made and the quality and um, the budget was all choice. So from that standpoint, I think a lot of it was was constructed himself. Um, He's gone on record before saying like a lot um I'm pretty sure all of the dead films he doesn't own the rights to any of them. Mm-hmm. So he started this new production company um to have the rights over his own zombie film. So this was kind of like the oh. first one that he was able to uh have the rights to himself and in a way it's kind of like his little baby of a film. Um he started Night of the Living Dead as um a college student. So these themes in the movie kind of hark back to his original pastime and and how he grew up so there's that but just to just to i'm gonna play the devil's advocate a little bit here because there is a lot of people that give this uh film a hard time saying like man he's he's the look at dawn look at night look at all these other films and then look at this shitter um how like how did he fall off and um, or, or like, why did he make the like, like, like Eden was saying, why did he make the choice of uh, these actors um, in particular and things like that? So I just want to go over kind of the budgets of his other films and stuff and, and kind of open up a discussion here. So bear with me for a moment because I'm going to throw some numbers at you. Um, Night of the Living Dead, the budget was 114000 um, which oh. back in the 60s as a college student. Today, is, that would be like. That's a lot. 
half a million? Yeah. Or yeah. a million. Holy shit. It's, it's kind of a lot in the 60s, and especially for a college student to kind of come up with that kind of money. I mean, it did have a, a distributor. I don't know who it was, but um, he had some backing. But <clears throat> on that note, uh, the movie did make $30 million just theatrically. So it was an incredibly huge success, profiting $29 million roughly. Um, moving on to Dawn of the Dead, the budget, this one was actually kind of interesting to me because it seems like it would have been more. But um, in the 70s, the budget for Dawn of the Dead was 640000 um, half a mil, roughly a little bit over half a mil. But it made uh, $55 million just wow. theatrically. So a profit of about $54 million. Uh, are, Day of um, the Dead. Are, are these Wait, numbers adjusted for inflation or is there. that like, oh, wow. So that's at the time. That's at the time. Holy shit. 30, yeah, oh, my time. God. That's yeah. insane. Yeah. Um, moving on to Day of the Dead in 85, the budget was only $3.5 million, and it made uh, $34 million just theatrically. So that's a $30 million profit. Land of the Dead, which I think I actually just watched this one recently, and it's his like biggest like blockbustery kind of movie. And I actually really enjoyed this film, and I think it holds up pretty good. But the budget on this movie was $16 million. Theatrically, it earned forty-seven million, so it had a profit of thirty-one million. Whoa. That brings us to Diary of the Dead. So every movie he's made has been on a pretty decent budget and has grossed a lot of money. Um, he could have done anything after Land of the Dead. He 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 could have made a way bigger movie. He could have gotten a shit ton of crazy actors and actresses. So to say that, um. Like, why did he, like, how did he end up with these actors? I think that in a way, maybe it was a choice. I think he wanted to kind of go back to this, like, guerrilla-style filmmaking, back to his uh, his roots a little bit. He did um, show up in a lot, of, uh, a lot of interviews stating that, like, he, he really enjoys making movies without a huge distributor because he doesn't have to answer anybody. He doesn't have to make any calls. He just makes the choices that he wants to make. So... Let's go ahead and transition into the film a little bit more then. Um, what do you guys think this movie does well as a found footage film? And I'll touch on the social commentary of it after this question because it kind of branches off of it. But as a found footage film, you both being you know, fans of that genre or subgenre, um, how do you think it, it does as that? A found footage. Brennan, we'll throw it over you. Um, well, uh, one last thing to touch on the the acting. Um, he specifically mm. made sure to go after stage actors because of the amount of of long shots and rehearsal that would have needed to take place. So, I think if you look at these actors as stage actors rather than film actors, I think that their performances make a little bit more sense. Um, but what does it do? So, the the big thing is it um, it gives a specific reason for the cameras to be there you have this this film student that wants to uh, i'm gonna say but i won't go into it um who wants to comment Just on the I, the idea of the 24 7 news cycle how things are skewed how they're spinned for specific purposes um and he's making this horror movie that he doesn't want to make and he's now given the opportunity 
because he's a documentary filmmaker. So he's now given this opportunity to do what he truly wants to do. And he doesn't want to squander this idea at all. Um, so I, it, it gives a specific reason for the cameras to be rolling, even if it, even if at some points um, it's, it's stretched a little bit to believability. Um, but the other thing is, I think it does a really good job of showing the multiple facets of an apocalypse because you have the good guy that helps them, Samuel. You have the bad guys, the National Guard. And then you have the reluctant helpers who are uh, the the uh, the uh, the black guys in the, the warehouse. Um, so I think it does a good job of showing like the different dichotomies of survivors in an apocalypse yeah so on that note um before we get to you ian sorry i'm just gonna comment on this uh so with that being said yeah i feel like that this is a good like zombie 101 film like Mm -hmm. i feel like that if um i taught like a film class and they just wanted to learn about like the subgenre of zombies i would show them this not because of necessarily the quality of the film but just because it kind of it's kind of cookie cutter in the sense that it kind of covers all of the, uh, tropes. the tropes of a zombie film. Yeah, it, it it shows how you know certain individuals deal with trauma. Um, it, it you know it shows like the multiple facets about how certain communities will rise above others. Um, it shows uh, you know how you know the government will lie to you based on just to cover up kind of conspiracies and what's going on to keep the public you know. Uh, and you know mentally sane um it it kind of covers a lot of shit but yeah no i agree with you on that um ian what do you think about the found footage aspect of the film um i like the setup i actually really like the setup um what's the main character jason, jason. uh how jason, jason he's creed working, he's the most working white with generic name ever jason creed i mean they're all pretty white names tracy deborah deborah yeah. tony mary gordon elliot Gordo. Gordo. Um, you sound like a villain. Um, or like a man-eating monster. But um, no, I like the setup. I like how he's thrown into this set where it's a bunch of shitty actors. And he doesn't, he, it, like, it, it shows that he's he's getting frustrated. And he wants to shoot something real, something serious. And then he, he finally gets that chance when this zombie apocalypse happened. And, um... The found footage part, I wish there was at least some kind of um, filter on it. Like, that would have made me happy personally. Like, even the, the like, recording at the top or something. But um, it's, cow. I think they said that the, uh, well, they, they commented on the two cameras that were used in the film. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why. This is the one and only time. Mm-hmm. Where I think that like I don't have a problem with it is because they give the exact model of the cameras used, so it's almost like a found footage shot from like a professional camera. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. Um, so that it it doesn't bother me too much, but um, yeah, it's 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 um it's okay as a as a found footage. But back to what um you guys were talking about before that um. Like the the whole trope thing, it's very tropey. Um, the only thing different about this film, other than the rest of it, is just the found footage aspect. Uh, nothing else is really, except for the budget and the terrible acting. So a lot of the uh, <laughs> social commentary cues was 
or like the discussions that people have is like it came out in 2007, which was like the rise of YouTube. And th- this was coming out at a time where he kind of wanted to express that. It, OK, well, let me back up. It seems like George Romero is kind of anti-government. So um, back yeah. in his day, he he kind of explains how like there was three ways the government can lie to you. And it was because it was like through three different like channels because there was only three different channels that had news. And so that was the only way to get your source of information. But now you have millions of people that can just post whatever they want. You have millions of people lying to you and spinning their own narrative and everything's subjective and you don't really know what to believe anymore. And so that was a huge part of the social commentary aspect of this film, which I, I guess I just want to ask, do you guys have any comment on, on that outlook of it? I wish he just lived a little longer and made the film in, in, in the future. Uh, because nowadays, I mean, we're, we're overwhelmed by media. And this, this would have been a perfect film to release in 2022 or 2019 uh, when we were only getting media consumption through the, the coronavirus lockdown and whatnot. Um, yeah, that would have, it would have been a perfect film, but I think it was just way too early. Well, in a way, don't you think that message of him making the film kind of, uh, kind of stands true? Because if you think about it, like we get like any catastrophe or like negative thing that happens, we won't even hear it from the news. We'll, we'll see it on like a feed on a social media app or something like we, we won't. Yeah. So, so we would see it from like some dude making a video of it, which still kind of stands true to today. but. I don't know. I think in that way, it kind of actually has aged pretty accurately. Um, what about you, Brennan? Uh, I think it just kind of shows. So I'm, I'm pretty sure George Romero has said that he's libertarian, which I think, mm-hmm. <laughs> which makes a lot of sense at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, like I said earlier, it's a bit heavy handed with the social commentary at some points. I think that maybe the script could have undergone like one more rewrite because there's there's so many like really good moments of social commentary and then you have deb on her voiceover saying you know whenever you go past a car accident everyone stops to look like there's just there's there's so many points where he makes a good uh he makes a good statement visually and then deb comes in to explain the statement that they're making i really Um, think that's his age showing that like you know what I mean? That, you like, think these, young, gonna... these young kids just won't understand? Yeah, yeah exactly. They're on their yeah. TikToks. Like I really feel like that's his age. <laughs> They're on their TikToks. <laughs> but no, I agree with you 100 percent on that. Um, and I I really like uh the moment of when the survivalists, um, the the group of uh black guys, basically take them back to the warehouse, um. And there's this whole, uh, understandably, this whole level of distrust, which I think kind of, uh, obviously, America has been dealing with these issues for a very long time. Um, But I think for someone like George Romero to put this into a theatrical found footage zombie movie, I think that that was kind of ahead of its time. Like, uh, not a lot of big filmmakers were doing things like that and i i think it's interesting i i don't know how you guys feel about this but i feel like the most brutal zombie kill 
is in the warehouse with the jar of acid. Um, I mean, I think it's a really cool kill. It, it is, yeah. and and I just like this idea. The um, for, for me, it is, and the way that I was looking at that is, you have these two cameras that are that are trained on this th- this black man that just zombie. Um, and it's slowly that, just rotting his brain. Yeah, yeah, and I just think like that image was so far ahead of its time and and obviously we don't see things like that on the news but how many times did uh did they play you know the the Eric Garner video of him getting choked out by the New York cops or or George Floyd you know how many how many times have they shown just the still image of of you know that video so i think that these images that that he was portraying in this warehouse scene really kind of we're ahead of its time for statements that filmmakers were making. I've seen a lot of interviews where people compliment on, uh, compliment him on his like progression in the black community. And like in night of the living dead, for example, he got like a lot of backlash for putting an African American as his main character, but he's like, I that's, I stand by it. Like he's going to be the main character in the movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, he got a lot of backlash back in the day about that. But um, yeah, no, I think it's really cool. And uh, let's just jump into kills in. Uh, we already got Brennan's. Ian, what's your favorite kill of the film? It's pretty obvious. Um, it's going to be the defibrillator kill. I thought that was amazing when uh, her brains are like oozing out of her eye sockets. That went hard. That went hard. Um, was that one? I think they, all of these kills were digital, right? Not all of them, but not all of them. Because that one looked pretty good. That one looked he used so a lot best, of in my opinion. In this, but yeah, um, it's good though. It's yeah, good. It's really good. I'm gonna have to give it to the Amish man scything himself <laughs> in the head and, <laughs> and stabbing the zombie behind him. I thought that was a that was a uh, awesome kill. Um, Can I say zombie the, wise? What's up, Brennan? The the acid kill is not my favorite kill though. I just think it's the most important. Kill. No, I understand what you meant. I didn't mean okay. to kind of transition to something less uh, important, but uh, yeah, oh, no, 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 I can't really get what you were saying. Um, but if I had to pick a favorite, it's going to be with you on on the scythe. That Samuel is there needed to be a prequel, a Samuel prequel of, and because I, I don't know if you guys were questioning this at all. So this is a deaf Amish man that has no electricity in these people pull up in an RV on his location and then a couple of zombies start walking in and his immediate reaction is to get a fucking stick of dynamite. Like <laughs> how, did, how did, how did he know that there's a zombie apocalypse? Like I want to know more about Sam. He had to have had the dynamite prior to yeah, the zombie exactly. apocalypse. <laughs> like, all, all of his Amish friends are probably zombies. Oh yeah, that's true. Three friends. Is that a commentary on Amish people or <laughs> what do all Amish people know each other? All Amish people are such hard workers that they'll just figure out a way to do whatever job they need. Like a zombie trying to get its food. I don't tell Amish people. Oh, I'm glad that we weren't screen recording that. That looked really bad. That looked really bad. I was pointing. I was pointing. Uh, so is, at, the base, at the heart of this, this is a zombie film. <laughs> and uh, it is in his series of dead films, which I own all of. Um, it is actually also a uh, direct prequel to Survival of the Dead, which gets even more hate than this movie, understandably so. But yes. I actually also enjoy that film. Um, 
what do you guys think of this just at its core level of being a zombie movie? Take out everything else. How does it, how does it stand as a zombie film? I'll go first. It's too much. Honestly, it feels like three seasons of The Walking Dead packed into 90 minutes. It's too too many locations. They don't spend enough time. Uh, they they obviously have the, the real human nature in all of these different characters that only last like five minutes. But I want some like deep conversations and like deep, meaningful moments. And um, they do have some of these, like the, the attempted suicide uh, moment, which should have been the most powerful scene in the movie, but it's immediately tarnished by terrible acting. Terrible acting. And Brennan mentioned that they were stage actors, and that makes perfect, perfect sense because she, like, the, the, one of the main actresses, what is her name? Tracy. She like immediately just like goes to the body. She's like, "Oh no, they're dead!" And then she she walks away and she's like talking like she's spouting out to an audience. It's ugh, disgusting. But um, yeah, a little too much. I love his more contemporary stuff. Like at one location, um, if he just spent like if if there was one night that these characters spent in one location, it would have been it would have made a little more. Of an, an, of an enjoyable experience for me. Like Night of the Living Dead. Like Night of the Living Dead. And like Dawn of the Dead, like David. But he went for it. He went for it. Fair enough. Brennan, how does it stand as a zombie film to you? I think it stands actually as a decent zombie film because I, I can understand in, in these types of films when they try and explain or find a reason behind how this outbreak is coming but i mean this just harkens back to his i'm pretty sure it's night of the living dead where they say it when when hell is full the the dead will rise or or something <laughs> so like butchered <laughs> when there's no more room in hell the dead shall walk the earth there yeah yeah that's what i said um i there's no explanation to the zombies in this and this is one of the the this is one of the you know zo- types of zombie films where you don't need to be bitten to turn right when you die you turn and i think that that's kind of uh that's kind of all that i need in a zombie movie um they're they're fed you know the information i think very well throughout uh, specifically when they're in the hospital and gordo's on the the shortwave radio and in you faintly hear behind their conversation, someone over the shortwave radio says, you have to destroy their head. And then immediately after that is when they run into the, the Greg Nicotero zombie and the nurse zombie. Um, and it takes a few shots and then f- someone's finally like, hey, try the head. And they try the head and then that's how they figure it out. So I, I think that there's a good level of, of uh, intelligence behind them learning even though we all know, but they're learning as we learn. Yeah, as a zombie film, to me, I think it's it's very cookie cutter, very tropey, but I give it a pass because of who's making it, honestly. Um, because he made these tropes, and it's it, it's him for him. It's it's up to him to do what he wants with these things because he made them. So I'm okay with it. Um, I do think, like I said earlier, it's a very basic zombie 101 film. Like, if you don't know anything about zombies and you want to watch something that kind of gives a full circle, not a, like, it doesn't go strong in any kind of direction. It just gives you an outlier vibe of what a zombie apocalypse is. This is the film that you show them. Um, I'm a big fan of the day one zombie outbreak kind of stuff where it's showing stuff happening 
day one as everybody's learning about it at the same time. I don't think it does it very good in this film, unfortunately. Um, just just to kind of harken, this is a small gripe, but like to harken back to the like the hospital scene. This is supposed to be twenty four hours into the into the thing, and the whole hospital yeah. is gone. Like there's not even like bodies. Well, I mean, those are the two they run into, and the couple they talk about later. But there's no bodies. There's no doctors that stayed behind. There's no nurses. Like I just feel like that's kind of unbelievable. Um, I mean, I get we're talking about a zombie film, which is all stuff that's based in fantasy but um it's it just it seems to me like it 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 doesn't seem like something he would have done in his previous films um like i think his opening to dawn of the dead is one of the strongest openings to any film i've ever seen horror or not and that's day you know a couple days into this outbreak and you know the ghettos are being ambushed by SWAT teams and the newscast rooms are freaking out and cars are crashing outside. Like these are all things that are a lot more catastrophic and this was supposed to be a lot more self-contained and small, but I feel like that there still would have been more signs of life around these parts than just it being completely empty. But that being said, as a zombie film, I really enjoy it. It's, this is more of like a, like a comfort zombie film for me rather than like, one I take uh, and look at too critically. Um, the second time I've seen it in the past three months, and again, I didn't feel like going on my phone at all. It keeps my interest, keeps my attention. I just enjoy it. It's just, it's it, it's one of George Romero's zombie flicks that's like a casual watch for me. Um, but yeah, um, what is your guys' uh, favorite scene in the film? before we start to wrap up final thoughts or anything else you guys want to go over. You guys have a favorite scene or not really? It's probably the defibrillator scene. Yeah, just that kill. That's that's it. Mine is uh when they get to Ridley's house. Um so I the the image of the zombies in the pool for some reason in my head looked a lot better than it did when I rewatched it. That actually looked uh, terrible. Pretty, pretty uh, <laughs> terrible. I couldn't tell yeah. what was it's happening. Um, yeah. Was it like a, a picture of them in no, the CG? Okay. I don't know yeah, why they used CG. It was, like, it was it just CG bad, like, through a window. Yeah. And it, was, it was just bad, yeah, like water physics flat. over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, flat. Yeah. It looked, it looked like flat images with rippling yeah. water over top. Like two dimensional yeah. with like a rippling yeah. water effect. Yeah. Um, but I just love this sure whole thing. They they get to Ridley's house. The front gate is open. The door is open. Ridley just saunters out of the panic room, and he's acting like not drunk, but just strange. And then he's like, uh, "Let's make food. Let's make food. We got some rabbits. You want some rabbits?" And then finally, he, he's, he's he's like trying to pretend that everything is still normal. Yeah, as he's yeah. fucking gushing blood from his wrist. Um, and then this whole reveal when they're they're like, uh, "Where's?" Uh, Tiffany is that her name? Tiffany, yeah. They're like, uh, "Where's Tiffany?" He's like, "Oh, it's out back with the family," and then he just like casually takes them out back, and then he disappears. And I just think that, and then you have the scene with uh him and Tracy where they basically recreate the very first scene of of them filming the horror movie. Um, I thought that that was a kind of fun little callback. Where Ian, as you said in Discord, we got boobies. Um, <laughs> where where what she was complaining about earlier finally happened. So I thought that yeah. that was uh, that was. Fun. It was one boob. Yeah. It was I a deep. 
I fucking hate too how Creed he like keeps like shouting from the rooftops that he's making this films because he could save lives and then like and then he, everybody's dying in front of him and he's like no 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 just run just run like, yeah. like, like in the hospital he sees the zombie coming behind Gordon and he's like hey Gordon you got, you got, a, you got a zombie behind you like fucking do something like you know what would be cool footage you bashing in that zombie's head with your goddamn camera you have two cameras now you can lose one it's fine He's so interested in saving lives, except for all the ones that are in front of him. <laughs> yeah. I hate that guy. He's a piece of shit. Um, but, okay. Fair enough. So let's get into final thoughts and review of the 2007 film Diary of the Dead. Brennan, we're going to start with you this time. Okay. Um... I wish that he that they would have changed the title of the movie within the movie. Uh, the professor has a line in the hospital saying that Jason is filming a diary of cruelty. I thought that that would have been a way better title than The Death of Death. Um, there's some really fun, funny moments in this. Uh, you have a uh, Boyd Banks as the white guy who's who's handing out the guns in the warehouse who. He was in Land of the Dead. Um, he was in a bunch of other Romero movies. Um, yeah, he was the hatchet zombie. Yes, in Land I, of the Dead. I, yeah. I have a hatchet signed by him, actually. I was trying to find That's it so for this. cool. Yeah. There's a There's just a ton of really fun moments. There's uh, some fantastic kills. And I, I think, Kyle, you said that you kind of look at this as a comfort movie. Um, and I think that's that's the perfect way to to describe it. It it hits all the notes of a zombie movie. And personally, I think that it does enough to be different uh, with with the whole found footage. So props to George Romero, R.I.P., uh, for for taking the subgenre he basically created into a new direction for himself. Um so with that being said, I think I'm going to have to give this a 3.5 with a big fat heart. Okay. 3.5 and a heart from Brendan. I think I might change your name to uh, The Incredible Hulk just because of all those flexes <laughs> that you got going on. It might, you can, we might throw out the reaches. or, or Just, just a Fantastic Four. four. Yeah. Well, Incredible Hulk's not in the yeah. Fantastic Four, but he could be just a set of Marvel characters. You know, he could, he could be the thing. I don't want to be. All right, Ian, yeah, shoot us with your final thoughts and rating for the 2007 film Diary of the Dead. Is this the worst thing I've ever seen? No. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, yeah. <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> Do I hate it? No. Is it bad? Yeah. I cannot give this a passing grade. Um, I'm not a George Romero fanboy. I understand the grades that you guys are going to give it because you uh, you do like George A. Romero. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, but I am going to give this a two stars. Two stars from a lot of potential. Um, yeah. I mimic everything that Brennan said, so I won't go further into detail. But I will say um, I don't think that this movie is as bad as people say it is. 
I do agree that the acting is very, very bad, which is probably its biggest detractor from it being uh, good. more noteworthy or good in good in quotation marks. But um, I totally understand people's low ratings for it, especially based on that. I just uh, I see more. I see more. I'm going to give it a three stars and a heart. So that being said, uh, the official Red Room score is 2.8. So we're going to round it up to three with a heart for Diary of the Dead. How do you boys feel? It is what it is. It is what it is. Before we get into our final episode or final uh, segment of the show, we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break brought to you by the ruminations radio network we'll be right back what's up gang this is Hoptimus. you've been listening to one of the great new podcasts from ruminations radio network if you want some more tasty sound vibes come check out my new podcast the retro futurist culture where we talk about alternate timelines cyberpunk anime and other crazy worlds if that does not strike your fancy we have plenty of other great shows at ruminations radio network Dot com. Welcome back, folks, to Ruminations of Red Rum, a horror podcast of the Ruminations Radio Network. It's time to get into America's favorite game, soon to be the world's What's in the Box? The game where my co-host must guess the average rating on Letterbox based on me reading the description of the film. They guess within point three of the average rating on Letterbox, they will be awarded a point. If they guess the decade in which the film was released, they can receive another port, another point. I am okay. Let me stop there. I am going to get through this reading at least one time this year without fucking up one word, and I've I I haven't been able to do it in like seventeen episodes. Jeez, so the I haven't even noticed. One, the next one will be the one where I just <laughs> fucking nail it, dude. All right, gentlemen, are you ready for number one? Yes. As you know, I read the title or like the headline first, and then I get into the description. I love the headline. Thank you. Think Clutterbox, actually. Meet the new face of terror. Two. This film (laughs) is the story of a man. This film is the story of a man who has always tried to fit in. He keeps his mouth shut, follows the rules, and does what he's supposed to. But one morning, he wakes up to find that his face is gone. All the years have cost him the one thing he can't replace, his identity. Now he's a blank. Now he's a blank outside as well as in an anonymous featureless phantom. That was a weirdly constructed sentence, I'm sorry. Bent on exacting revenge, he explodes. He isn't going to follow the rules oh, anymore. Okay, okay. He mentally explodes. Um, a weird constructed sentence. <clears throat> Genre, 2.9. thriller, horror. 2.9. 3.6. I think you're closer. Brendan gets the points. It is, in fact, 2.6. Wow. Guess the decade. It's not the movie I was thinking. 
This has to be 80. a remake of that movie then. Um, right? You know what I mean? I'm going to say the 90s. Oh, could be Hollow Man. That was 90s. not the description of Hollow Man. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. I just, I'm sorry. I'm just going to stop you there and tell you that it's not Hollow Man. Thanks. You're welcome. Still go 90s. This is Hollow Man 2. Both incorrect. It is the 2000 film Bruiser, directed by George A. Romero. His most popular movie is Dawn of the Dead, 1978. We have Brendan at one, Ian at zero. I thought this was Man with No Face. Number two. Was that a movie title? He could be the boy next door. A boy sedates women with a syringe full of narcotics and then slices their wrists with a razor blade so he could drink their blood. The boy, who has come to live with his uncle and cousin in the dying town of Braddock, Pennsylvania, has romantic monochrome visions of vampi- vampiric excuse me, seductions and torch-lit mobs. But it, but it is impossible to tell how seriously he takes them. 3.5. Uh, 3.2. I don't know what this is, but I have to watch this. Ian gets the points. It is at 3.8. Oh, wow. Guess the decade. <sighs> this is Disturbia. This is the Shia LaBeouf, um, Rihanna collab uh, Disturbia. So guess the decade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. When did Even Stevens come out? Wait, this is Disturbia? Yeah, I'm going to go 80s. Disturbia was... Did you give yours? Disturbia was in the 2000s. I never said it was Disturbia. Oh, oh, I I thought it was Just throwing it out there. Just throwing it out there. It could be. I just never said it was. Uh, 90s, I guess. Yeah, 90s. I I don't know what this is. 90s and 80s? You both are incorrect. It is the 1976 film Martin, directed by George oh. A. Romero. Okay. Feel a theme going on here. <laughs> it so is this, now 1 so 1. Disturbia? The collab by Rihanna and Shia LaBeouf is a remake of Martin? Correct. Number three. <laughs> what? I, I'm so confused. I'm so fucking confused. No, it's not. It's, it's not. Number three. Once there was a man whose prison was a chair. The man had a monkey. They made the strangest pair. The monkey ruled the man. It climbed inside its head. And now, as fate would have it, one of them is dead. All right, Dr. Seuss. A quadriplegic <laughs> man is given a trained oh. monkey help him with everyday, to help him with everyday activities until the little monkey begins to develop feelings and rage against its new master and those who get too close to him. Oh, I know. This is Curious George, the live action. Correct. <laughs> um, damn, when did that come out? I'm going to guess 3.2. I, I know what this is, but I have no clue what audiences think of it. Don't get off your phone, Brandon. 
you and your you and your tesseract i swear <laughs> tesseract. um that's also a marvel joke because he's the marvel character of the you get it so yeah is, is, is tesseract a marvel thing i thought it was transformers doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> that's the all spark all spark uh yeah that's all spark that's Transformers. tesseract is marvel that's right um I'm going to say, th- Ian, I don't remember what you said, but I'm going to say 3.2. And Ian, what did you say? 3.2? <laughs> okay, then I'll change it. I'll change it. No, 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 no. Okay. Do whatever you want. Th- 3.1? Yeah. Okay. Brendan and Ian, you are both correct. However, Brendan gets two points because it is, in fact, 3.1. <laughs> I'm so glad I changed it. Brendan takes the lead. Ian still has the chance to tie it up. Guess the decade. 80s. 70s. Brendan takes this around. It is the 1988 film Monkey Shines. The year I was born. That Dan Cube is giving him information, Kyle. So for year to date, we have Ian at one because we started that up last episode. Brennan at one. It is tied for the year. And I had, I had a performance of a lifetime last last episode. But you did. Hopefully I get to rekindle that in these upcoming ones. Because this was not pretty. This has been another episode of Ruminations of Red Rum, the dynamite-wielding Amish man of the Ruminations Radio Network. If you like what we're doing here, please be sure to follow us on Twitter at of Red Room. That's OF Red Room. And if you'd like to hang out and talk with us personally about horror films, you can join our Discord. The link to join our Discord is in the bio of our Twitter homepage. That being said, I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. And please go to iTunes and Spotify. And for you five people out there that listen to this on Amazon Music, <laughs> go ahead and give us a rating. Go ahead and give us a review. We would appreciate it. If it could be a positive one, even better. If you hate us, that's fine too. I understand. I kind of hate myself. But please go out there and leave a rating and review. I'd appreciate it. Also joining me, I have Ian with two E. Michael, if you're anything like Dylan, like I suspect you to be, (laughs) this is a quintessential zombie film that must be reviewed and watched. Essential zombie? In that order. I'm now curious, do we have any backstory on if we know if Dylan knows his real father? Do you see what I'm getting at? Oh my! (laughs) I was going to say Dylan is Michael. We might have to ask him these questions. The lore is developing. Lore is developing. Also joining me, the Incredible Hulk himself, Brennan. The New Blood. I had to do it one more time. It felt Uh, good. (laughs) good. uh, Hail Ratma. Stay spooky, folks.